Hello everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live, the hottest, coolest, bestest Game of Thrones Empire news show on the internet. I am Dan Selke, editor of WinnersComing.net. I'm here with Sharon Walsnar, editor of Cultures.com, and we are here to discuss all things Game of Thrones Song of Ice and Fire, and we really only have one topic, big one to hit today, Cheryl, on everybody's minds. They released official photos of the final season of Game of Thrones. You made it! We made it! Also, it's this, happening. Also, this is why Dan is talking so fast. She's very excited. He's... He's been going nuts since this happened, basically. I mean, it's pretty exciting. I, it is very exciting. You are just very excited about it. So I'm going to just let you go. Cool. But before that. Offer my opinions as needed. Lovely. Before that, hello to everybody watching on Facebook and on YouTube now, streaming on YouTube. We're, we're expanding. How exciting. Hello, Julie, Rodrigo, Jamie, Terry, Catherine, Alan, Daryl. Uh, everybody, you came in a good day. So, we are going. Let's get the show on the road, she says. Good call. I like that, Julie. So, <laughs> HBO released official images of Game of Thrones Season 8. Why don't we take a look at them now, and then we can discuss them afterward. Fantastic. Finally, it's, it's just good to have something very concrete. We still don't have a trailer. We still don't have... I mean, we have, like, a, a teaser that's not... And it has any footage. This is what the show will look like. And it's just good to see our guys and girls in good form. I believe the term is swag. Got the full beard. Unsullied behind Brienne. Just noting that. <laughs> ah, good old Tyrion, Hand of the King. All from the new season. All real. All happening. All before. I love that one. All before your eyes. And then, of course, that one. Yeah, okay. Course. So I thought we would drill down on a few of these and okay. talk about, because some of them kind of say more than others, I think. Yes. Of these images. And let us know which ones you guys are interested in. Hey, Michael Douglas. Love your work. Um, and yeah, let's talk about them together. Like, okay. What questions do you guys have? Like, wh which of these stand out to you? Yes. I think we have to start with the one of John and Danny just standing there in their winter finery looking out at something. My question for you, Cheryl, is where are they? What are they doing? I mean, the thing is, since it started snowing in King's Landing at the end of... Uh, Season, season seven, seven. Uh, they could be anywhere. And I think that mm. is, in fact, the point that your winter is coming so much that this is no longer a definitive, oh, they are in the north or beyond the wall shot. It's we don't know where they are kind of shot. Like that could be a tree behind them, but it also could be like a, a rock or cliff face. I guess so. I hadn't thought about that. I thought they were definitely in the north or even beyond the wall. Like, it gives me a line below feeling. For one, it's interesting yep. that both of them, or Daenerys at least, is. Not in the costume she is when she's in the Winterfell shot. Yes. That's that's her special beyond-the-wall white fur, um, you know, fall collection outfit that she's wearing <laughs> there. Yes. And it looks great. And I just, if, if I had to guess, make a wild, uneducated stab in the dark, I'm going to say they are looking at, either looking at Winterfell from a distance... Okay. Perhaps John's like, that's my home. Here we go. Or uh, maybe he's showing her an army of the dead or they're singing together. Because she looks a little uh, surprised yeah, or she, hesitant. She, she definitely has more expression on her face than Jon Snow, who just kind of looks like I'm looking at this thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely possible that they're looking at Winterfell or that they're looking at something something that he has seen and she is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, that's what you're getting at, I think. Um, so, 
yeah, I mean, obviously, also, I love that coat. So, and and that's like kind of the premiere. Like that's the one that's going to be in all the kind of the the posts online, the magazine covers, and the tweets because it's the two biggest stars of the show or two of the, two of the most popular characters mm-hmm. sharing the screen. And the only time that happens in this batch, I don't think. I think all the others are individuals. Yep. So it's special. I feel like that one was probably taken around the same time they took the picture uh, that was on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Totally. Where she's like kind of feeling his chest up a little. She's like <laughs> a, a, up against him a little bit. So no, yeah. Way. But yeah, definitely a very important shot. Okay, moving on. I was intrigued by the one of uh, Sam. Because again, yeah. I was thinking, Cheryl, where is he? Where in the world is Sam Tarly? Please give me your answer. Okay, so when I saw this picture first, I figured he's where he was in season seven. He's in Bran's room. Bran's, I don't know, doing his Three-Eyed Raven thing. He's uh-huh. writing interpreting. Yeah. But I'm looking behind it. There are pillars behind him. It's yes. dark. There's a candle. Is he in the Winterfell Crips? And if so, is like he he's like smiling because he's about to say, John, your dad was <laughs> Rhaegar Targaryen and your mom was Lyanna Stark. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to give you this information, buddy. John, the Daenerys is cute. Do I have a chance with her? Will be his <laughs> follow-up question. <laughs> no, he's pretty committed to... It's to, true. He's pretty committed. There were no ghillie pictures in this batch. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, was, I was wondering that because when I looked at it, I think, I think he is. Or at least <laughs> he's not in that room where Bran's hanging out doing nothing. No. That's a, I wonder if they do like have John... Hey, John. Come with me. I got something to tell you. And then they like have to go to a secure location uh, in <laughs> the, crypts. the crypts. I mean, those are technically secure. It's it's hard. It's, it's you can't you can see someone sneaking up on you. I mean, yeah. And the uh, Rickon and Bran hid down there way back when. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. It's a uh, deep and dark. So maybe perhaps he's like really excited to tell him. Like John, <laughs> you're the heir to the Iron Throne. <laughs> and John is like, oh. You're not smiling. Why? Oh. So that intrigued me. Uh, let's see. Oh, and Julia says he's looking for a feather. Of course. <laughs> the all-important feather. <laughs> that feather, man. <laughs> and yeah, Jennifer agrees. Yes, the Crips. Interesting. So we'll get it. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Okay. Um, next, I wanted to look at this one of Cersei. Because most of these pictures were kind of just, here's their face. Here's their, like, yeah, like the yeah. About stomach chest up. up, chest yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really go for much um, expressionism, except for here, where I love this one, where they're isolating her complete full body, like no part of her is outside the frame, kind of in this space, in like a lonely, lofty, airy, indoor space. And I just get, I'm so lonely. Cersei Lannister is sad, you guys. Is, is Cersei Lannister feeling so lonely? Oh, you went there. You had to go there. Um, yes, she is feeling very lonely and sad. And if you, the close-up picture of her is kind of similar in that she has this very, like, forlorn look on her face. She does. It's very weird because even when Cersei is mad or sad, she's usually angry at the same time. So this is a very different uh, look and feel for her. Um, But as always, I enjoy Cersei Lannister's costuming. There it is. Look at that face. Like, that is a sad face. And she's on the Iron Throne there. Yeah. That usually gives her a lift. I mean, both <laughs> literally and emotionally. Um, but I love the kind of the new details that are being put into her costume. We definitely right. went into them super in detail on the episode Take of the Black Club. Take yeah. the Black Club that or we on just the shot. Club. So, uh, but long story short, she looks great. 
and I want all of her costumes as usual. No, I, I don't blame you. And again, I, I just enjoyed that shot. It's one of the few times they were just like, we have to get some kind of feeling in here. Because yeah. otherwise, they're all just like, here are their faces. Yeah. Um, why don't we look quickly at, okay. I believe, Jamie is up next. Right, when I take him out. <laughs> Bran. Go with Bran. <laughs> okay. I like this one because it looks like he has not moved, like, three feet since we left him in season seven. I think he's... Stayed there the whole time, contemplating things, looking into a fire like Melisandre, and uh, just plowing into the past and the future. I mean, doesn't he still have to, like... Does he? I don't know. <laughs> this is not a question I wanted to contemplate. The question that I can't finish is, but if he hasn't moved, how does he go to the bathroom? Such um, things are below the concerns of a three-eyed raven. I I don't know, man. You're talking about birds here. <laughs> okay. Birds are Three very... Ones. Okay, mythical birds. Fine. Um, but the more I look at that picture, the more I realize that his hands, because of the way it's shot, look like they're like the same size as his head. <laughs> and now I can't unsee that. And or, I'm sorry to make all of you see that. As Corey Smith says, Bran has old man hands. <laughs> Also an accurate descriptor. But yeah, they do look huge and gnarled. But then again, it's appropriate because he is an old soul now with many old things on his mind. Okay. And um, there's a lot more pictures. We go over some of them on uh, Take the Black Club, on the Wick Club. But yeah, it's just great to have official stuff coming out so we can pour over it and analyze it. Yeah, and both Dan and I did yell about it, basically, um, (laughs) on Winter is Coming and Culturist. So if you want more analysis, it's where to find us. That and... Mm. Take the Black Club, obviously. So the pictures are the, are the biggest story to come out of today. I mean, they yes. came out literally an hour and a half before we started filming this. Yes. But, I mean, it actually was sort of a like week for Game of Thrones. Did you happen to watch the Super Bowl? Uh, yes. Yes, okay. I did. Did Were you expecting what happened next to happen? Nope. <laughs> if, if by some chance you didn't watch the uh, Super Bowl this past weekend, yes. there was a pretty fun commercial that aired, which we will now play for you so we can all enjoy it together. Oh boy! Is there audio? It's a beautiful day for a joust. Indeed. Sun's out. Got my lucky loincloth, cold Bud Light, comfy throne. I don't have the plague anymore. Look, it's the Bud Knight! Dilly dilly! All right, let's tap this keg. Get it up, Peanut! Dilly is dead. Long live the mountain. So let, let, let's just back up for a second and just say what happened. So HBO and Anheuser-Busch team up and Bud Light gives them permission to murder their mascot on a commercial. Which, by the way, just in case you guys didn't know, a little fun tidbit. So Bud Light and HBO get together to make that commercial for the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And Bud Light 
I didn't know this. Apparently, the Bud Knight is like a long-running mascot of theirs. Yes. Who like it's a knight and he advertises buds. Have them, enjoy them. Yes. And they're like, we would rather not kill our mascot. And I want to quote the HBO executive here: "The Bud Knight has to die." Was there? Thank you, HBO executive. You have my undying gratitude. Yeah, no, this whole really, campaign... you didn't like the Bud Knight. No. This whole campaign, like, this campaign was funny once, a long time ago. How long has it been going on? A few years. Like, it's basically inescapable if you watch football, as I do frequently. Gotcha. So, yeah. The the fact that the mountain just murked the Bud Knight and then Drogon (laughs) In a horrible way. I mean... The fact that the mountain murked the Bud Knight and then Drogon lit the king on fire... Was a highlight for me. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if, like, there is a, a team between, like, Game of Thrones and McDonald's and, I don't know, Arya, like, slit Ronald McDonald's throat in a, in a throne room? It That's wouldn't fly. horrible! I know, so is this. That was very, very brutal. I mean, but yeah, but they cut away. That's the that's the thing. They do. That's very nice of them. They, yeah. They don't show us the Bud Knight's gouging eyes yeah. and teeth. They just the go floor. for the meme. You know, how they... The dilly dilly guy just oh, like. Oh, by the way, that was a note from Benioff and Weiss, who said you need to have somebody doing the hilarious sand scream. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's great. Oh yeah, it was fun, and also the the whole thing was directed by David Nutter, who <laughs> who, who directed the Red Wedding. <laughs> yes, it's great. So the commercial is a lot of fun. It's a lot of yes. fun, but. Frankly, the, 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 the bigger takeaway is they're going all in for marketing for this final season. They're you going to, have to. I mean, that, that's not my question. Like, I don't think they do have to. I think they could kind of, if they wanted to, they don't, obviously. They could rest on their laurels and still have record views. But they're just going to spend a ton of money. Super Bowl ads, man. That doesn't come cheap. And that's just the beginning. They're also going to have a campaign. HBO, to promote Game of Thrones Season 8. They're going to hide uh, Iron Thrones around the world to have a worldwide scavenger hunt. That's great. I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty great. And then, uh, um, I'm curious to hear what you think of this one. They're going to have a Game of Thrones blood drive with the tagline, uh, what was it? Would you bleed Would for the you throne? Would you bleed for the throne? Is that too much? Is that too intense? That's hardcore. <laughs> it to... really kind of is. I, I mean... Yes, I like. I think it's good that they're using the social their their cachet to do like a social good. Blood donations That's a good are point. important. Yeah. That sort of thing. And like I, to your earlier point about they didn't have to actually do any advertising. I would actually disagree with you there. And I would point to as I often do, Star Wars. So Solo had a really really terrible marketing campaign oh. way back last year. It is partially blamed for the fact that Solo did not do very well at the box office, or not as well as people were expecting, perhaps, is a better way to put that. But the fact of the matter is, I think HBO realizes that, sure, we could do nothing and still probably get a quadrillion views and many dollars, uh, but the more we hype it, the more eyeballs we get on it. I mean, sure, this year's Super Bowl was one of the lowest rated in, like, the past 10 years. It is. But that's still... It's all like a hundred million eyeballs on, well, 200 million eyeballs, but a hundred million people watching your ad. That's insane. So that's a hundred million people who might be like, 
I should subscribe to HBO because it's back in April. And oh, yeah. I, should, I need to catch up. I need to rewatch all the, sh- the, the, the episodes. And then crucially, what I also read to say, it's, it's, not just, it's not just about hyping Game of Thrones today. It's about yeah. getting, the, getting them signed up for HBO and then getting them to watch their other stuff too. And then hopefully keep HBO after Game of Thrones is over is the idea what they're going for here. You got it. So, I mean, I'm not a marketing expert. Like, me just, neither. There's just part of it. It's like, eh, who cares if people will watch? But yeah, if it, like the bigger picture macro thing. Yeah. Sure. Hide Iron Thrones around the world. Take people's blood. Have them out. <laughs> kill the Bud Knight. Which again, is, is not just like beyond being kind of cool. It, it, it's, it's a fun kind of a irreverent way to market, which I do appreciate. Yeah. Like they're clearly willing to have fun. Yeah. And laugh at themselves. I think it is pretty great. And I think, you know, I think they've performed two social goods. They're going to get people, they're going to have people donate blood, and they've killed the Bud Knight. <laughs> okay, apparently you hate the Bud Knight. I have strong feelings about advertising. All right. Well, those are the two. There, there, there's actually quite a of, of other bit uh, of little, like, like cast members, like, talking, like, oh, this is going to be groundbreaking. But yeah. the second all those pictures came out, yep. I was like, nah, I don't care. We were out. You got any other uh, insights into the current City Game of Thrones show before we bring on Josh Hill for A Song of Dan and Josh? You know, Dan, I think I'm Game of Thrones out, at least for this week. I will see you all next week. It was an intense afternoon. It was an intense afternoon. Okay. And I'm going to go start be- start beginning to come down from the high of looking at all those pictures. All right, we're going to be back for us with us uh, in a second with A Song of Dan and Josh. So stay tuned for a moment. <laughs> oh, Ned Stark, will you ever learn? No, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. I'm Dan Selke, the editor at WinnerIsComing.net, your one-stop shop for all things Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, and genre fiction in general. We here at Wick love bringing you news, reviews, and editorial content, and we're going to keep doing all that stuff. However, for the especially hardcore among you, we're going to start offering even more. Welcome to the Wick Club. The Wick Club is a Patreon-funded effort to provide fantasy and sci-fi fans with even more Wick content. You can join at several levels. For $1 a month, you can enter into monthly swag giveaways and get to read extra columns. At $4, you'll get to watch extra episodes of Take the Black Live, our weekly chat show, with topics chosen by you. Please be gentle. And at the Valyrian Steel level, that's $10 a month, you get Wick Club t-shirts and access to a new segment we're calling Drinking and Knowing Things, a monthly live stream where I drink wine and talk with all of you in a free-flowing conversation about Game of Thrones, fantasy, sci-fi, and whatever else comes up after I've had a few. Just to be clear, we're not going to stop doing anything on Wick we already do, and we're hoping to add more stuff anyway. The Wick Club is a way to produce even more content and hopefully to get to know some of you better. You can find links to more information below. We hope to see you in the Wick Clubhouse. Valor Morgulis, bottoms up, and thanks for watching. Welcome back, and we are here with Fansided's own Josh Hill. Hello, everybody. Exactly. All right, Josh, so it's been two weeks. It has been. And uh, this is Longer Than Josh. This is the show where you and I, me, somebody who's read the Song of Fire books a lot, oh, yeah. and you, someone who has seen the show but has not read the books, go through them chapter by chapter, educating ourselves and, like, you know, enriching our literary um, backlog, our literary catalog. Right. Reading is cool. Reading is cool. It is. And, I mean, who better to be ambassadors for that than us? We're very cool people. <laughs> right? You're wearing contacts. I am wearing contacts. Contacts are cool. Are. Everything's cool. Anyway, 
Today, we're still on A Clash of Kings, the second book in the series. Yeah. And I believe we read uh, Bran, the first Bran chapter, Bran 1. Yep, we did. Okay. It's trippy. Tri okay, go with that. What about it was trippy? Uh, well, I got like and a, was it good? Was I, that a good thing? Well, I got like a Seinfeld impression from it. It was a chapter about really? nothing. It was like nothing yes. happened. Nothing happened. But a lot happened because Bran was tripping out the whole time about being a dire wolf and running with his pack and everything like that. <laughs> like it was very metaphorical. It was and yeah. metaphysical. Like it was, it was a lot going on, and it was kind of Bran grappling with the reality of being crippled in reality, and then. In his dreams, he can be whatever he wants to be. But also, the, the George R. R. Martin was setting up the fact that he's going to be this mystical figure too. Yeah, so. like I, I, I think the very first one of the very first lines is a uh, it's about Bran. He could not walk, nor climb, nor hunt, nor fight with a wooden sword as once he had, but he could still look. Yep. This is Bran on his windowsill. I think the entire chapter takes place in his little bedroom, looking out at Winterfell at night, mm -hmm. and just the idea that he can't do any of that anymore, but he can still look. And as we know, he's going to become this figure who can literally look into the past, into the yeah. future, anywhere he wants, spy on people, even though maybe he shouldn't. Um, and yeah, so I, I think that's a, that's a clear step to where he's going. Yeah. Eventually, he will literally be like the looker, the watcher type person. I mean, brand chapters, or especially this brand chapter, is a bit of a challenge for me because it's, it, it, it is all... Again, nothing happened in this chapter. Not at all. Like, Bran, we, we, we get reintroduced to him. He talks about his feelings. There's some weird imagery. But there's zero plot momentum. No. Which, I mean, how do you feel about that? Is it okay well, just it to kind of building. lax? Yeah, relax? yeah, I felt it was character building. It, we were learning more about Bran, and we were going in the inner workings of how he's dealing with this thing that he's dealing with, which is being crippled and having to basically find a new plan in life like yeah. how is he going to go about his life everything is completely different that's why we've got reality and we've got the dream and they're two totally different things what is he going to do now that everything he thought he was going to be and everything he could be no mm -hmm. longer is the case it is rough for an eight-year-old yeah but he's going to go to often to be so much more which is you know yeah a fun little it's got to trust him it uh what he how he deals with it is he literally howls at the moon yep which as i you as you do I mean, if you're an eight-year-old kid and you're very close to your wolf child, he just sits in a cell and howls at the moon. Yep. And, I, and I like that, uh, I mean, he seems like a bit of a, it's understandable because he's lost the use of his legs. It's very hard. But, you know, his 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 guard comes in. Maester Lewin comes in. Mm -hmm. They're like, Brand, what are you doing? It's 4 a.m. You've stopped howling. And he just keeps doing it. And then there's one bit where it's um, Maester Lewin leaves with a look that was part grief and part disgust. Because this mm -hmm. kid is annoying them. Yeah. This kid is, he's in charge of Winterfell. He can't use his legs anymore. He is, you know, he's cooped up and it's difficult and he's having weird dreams and he's just trying to do without the best an eight-year-old can. And that means howling the moon at four o'clock in the morning and just annoying everybody. Do you feel bad for him? Or do you feel, or do you feel with Maester Lewin who's like, God, freaking kid. Uh, I feel bad for him. Like, he's not necessarily mopey, although he is pretty mopey. But not in like a sad way. It's like he's clearly working through this. Like, yeah. I'm sympathetic towards him. It is a big thing to work through. <laughs> yeah. I didn't lose my That's legs when I was saying. Yeah. Yes. Losing use of your legs is a very, very difficult thing to work through. That is. Um, but no, I'm sympathetic towards his cause because it's like, look, what is he going to do now? And it's like such a lonely thing. He's sitting alone yeah. in his room at night looking out at the world that he can no longer be a part of the way that he thought he was once going to as his brother is at the wall or his 
half he thinks his brother, half brother is at the wall secret cousin whatever yeah being part of the night's watch and you got rob who's out and leading armies and doing all of this and stuff. he has rick on the baby yeah he, and even he, he basically has, he has to like watch yeah and even Arya and sansa are out doing things and he's stuck <laughs> being captured well and Arya's Arya's a badass she's yeah. going out and she's going to be what bran wanted to be but can't right and sansa is working her way up the hierarchy of royalty slowly and maybe not oh. Well, I mean, she's... Right now, she's more... Just, she's uh, learning the skills that is one day mm-hmm. going to make her become the sons of that, I guess, I've come to know on the show. Sure. So, it's tough. It's, I mean, I'm really sympathetic towards him. It's a really sad, depressing place for him to be in. Literally in the dark, alone in his room. It is. I mean, it's fun because it, 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 it is very sad, but the way it's written, it... I don't know, it, it does... It, he, he's still a kid, and there's still yeah. um, some frivolity in there, like the howling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about... We also, there's some stuff in here that isn't in the book. Like, right now at Winterfell, there are two kids. In the first book, Catelyn um, talks to Walter Frey. He's yeah. like, you can cross the bridge, but you have to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. One of the things he uh, said is you have to take these two grandsons of mine, Little Walder and Big Walder, who, of yeah. course, are the opposite with yep. the size, and uh, go foster them at Winterfell, which is a thing that happened. Yep. I was surprised to find that because they were not in the books or in the show. In the show, yeah, I was surprised to find that. I was trying to rack my memory and see. If yeah, I had they're they're, they're definitely detail, new. But, okay. And kind of, sort of like Walder Frey or anybody from that family, they're kind of douches. Kind like, of? um, yeah, they're, they're, they're douches. Yeah, okay, they're they're douches. They're playing this game. I forget what it was called. Uh, like cross the bridge or something. We're basically just stand there and just cross the bridge. The game is I knock you into the the. The muddy river and then you don't cross which is like you know a kind of a douchey kids game rickon enjoys it because he's like a four-year-old and he's just really into being thwapped around and thwapping people <laughs> he likes mud he likes mud and they all like it bran again it's hard for bran because he's like the guy i can't do that bran like has to be the eight-year-old adult in the room mm-hmm. who's like you can't hit the baby stop that <laughs> that's cruel and I, I don't think he likes that but he he is in charge of winterfell now he yeah. is Everybody older than him is gone. Yeah. So he's the oldest Stark, even though he's eight, and he can he cannot play the stupid douchey river crossing mm-hmm. game with his little brother, and he can't move at all. So yeah, I, I, you're right. It is a a tough spot. Well, that is why it's depressing because it's a stupid game that they're playing. They're literally just knocking each other in the mud, but he can't <laughs> do it, and that's affected. Like that's got, has an effect on him. It's like it, even something as simple and as stupid as knocking another person into the mud and laughing at them because they didn't cross a fictional bridge that you're talking about. He can't do it. So he yeah. has to then come in and try and be the adult at eight. So he's all of a sudden in this place where he's not supposed to be. It's just, I don't know. I there was bad, a line like, okay, fair, good. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad because I, I, I didn't. I feel bad. Um, there was even a line where it was like, I could knock them both into the mud. Stupid idiots. Like, if I were having my legs, it'd be it's fine. like, well, but you can't, Bran. So I don't know. I don't <laughs> so, know. Sit down for this. So the, the other part of the chapter is the trippy stuff. Yes. So again, and, and, and that's, that, that's kind of always, okay, like, okay. Um, well, what happened? So at one point, um, I forget, someone just asks, do trees dream? Yes. And then Bran replies, <laughs> they do. Bran said with sudden certainty, they dream tree dreams. I dream of a tree sometimes, a werewood, like the one in the godswood. It calls to me. The wolf dreams are better. I smell things. Sometimes I can taste blood. Is that... Funny, creepy, stupid, what? All of the above. <laughs> it is all of the above. It reminds me of that uh, the episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes on like some vision quest and he meets like Johnny Cash. Is, like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, fox the coyote or whatever, thing. The coyote, yeah. 
And it like reminded me of that where Bran's just trying to escape from reality and he's trying to find himself within himself. I mean, he's crippled. Homer couldn't make chili that was hot enough or that ate chili him, that was right? too hot. So, I mean, apples and bananas here. But it, it reminded me of that because even with the wolf metaphor here, he's like running with a pack. He's yeah. all alone in reality because everybody's gone. He can't run and he's <laughs> yeah, doing both of those mobile. things. Yeah, and, and he's also trying to find every. He's trying to find a plan. He's trying to find everybody that is supposed to be around him. And it was a really, I don't know, it was a touching vision to me because it really went inside of what he's trying, what he's thinking and what he's going through. And it proved that he did, he, he, there's something inside there that's going to become something. He's not just this crippled eight-year-old sure. kid who's going to be upset about not being able to get pushed in the mud. He's a lot deeper than that. And that's what that told me. Yeah, and I mean, and again, with, with the wolf star, with the wolf bits, he dreams he's inside summer, mm-hmm. his wolf, and he's running around. Part of him knew that it was only a dream, but even the dream of waking, walking was better than the truth of his bedchambers, mm-hmm. walls and ceiling and yeah. door, which again is kind of his his challenge. I, I think the problem for me is that, I mean, like with with something like Arya, like I've never you know had to pass myself off as another gender to hide the mm-hmm. fact that I'm a secret noble mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get my way back to my house. But I can understand kind of better her predicament. Like, she has, you know, assholes who are trying to step to her. She yeah. has to, like, kick them in the balls to get them to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, it's harder for me to wrap my head around. Bran's problem is he would rather possess his wolf in dreams <laughs> than deal with his difficult life it's i think it's it's a tricky sell for martin to like sell the drama of these brand chapters in a way that you can sell the drama of an aria chapter with a with kind of the the, the danger is immediate or a sansa chapter where it's all about like if i say the wrong thing i'll be hurt like i can get that more but apparently it's working for you like you're saying that i I guess you get brand struggle maybe i I do has been in your past well, I know where we're going with that. Go on. Yeah, I'm, I wish I was a wolf. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, they're different Josh. chapters, too, and that's the thing mm-hmm. that would gets to me, too. I don't want them all to be Arya and have Arya's type of struggle. I think mm-hmm. that it d- differentiates the Stark siblings to show that they are related to each other, but they each are dealing with the same thing differently. They have the same end game, which is Bran just wants everybody to be back at Winterfell, he wants everything to be back to normal. Legs. Arya wants like every- legs. Yeah, he wants to walk again. <laughs> and he- Arya is the same thing. She wants Ned back. She wants her family back. She wants things to go back to the way that they were. She's going about it in a different way because she has to deal with her realities. And Bran is going about it in his own way because he has to deal with his realities. He has the luxury of being. I mean, I know I said it's depressing, and it is, but he, in a way, has the luxury of being alone in his bedroom, safe, looking out at the night, and Arya doesn't. So right. she has to approach her situations a lot differently than Bran does. So I think naturally one of them will have to fight, and I agree with you, I have no idea what it would be like to be Arya. I also have no idea what it would be like to be Bran, but I believe no. it, it, it's, it's just easier for me to latch on to like an Arya oh, yeah. or a Sansa or a Jon or a Tyrion. I agree Because yeah. their problems aren't wolf dreams. But I mean, <laughs> again, I, I'm glad that, you are, uh, that you're sympathetic to Bran and it's working for yeah. you. Also, the, the line about do trees dream, tree dreams or whatever. I don't know why that made me think of uh, do androids dream of electric sheep. Oh, totally. I was like, oh, I, I, mean, see, what I even, see what you're doing there, George. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't <laughs> put it past Martin to be a, uh, on purpose because he's a total nerd. And he yeah. reads all the sci-fi and fantasy, oh, yeah. so sure. Uh, it's Dick, right? Philip K. Dick? Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, 
I mean, and Martin has said that the brand trips are the hardest to write, and I think this is kind of the reason why, because yeah, yeah. you have to be an eight-year-old boy, which he's forgotten to be, mm-hmm. and uh, also it's just so kind of mystical metaphysically. Yep. We also got more folk talking about the comet. Everybody has their own idea. Yep. Um, what does OSHA say? She said uh, What does the comet mean? Blood and fire, boy, yeah. and sweet. And old Nan just says, dragons. It be dragons, it boy. It be dragons, boy. She got it. Good on old Nan. She did. And actually, just a little side note, because I remember this thing. They gave that line to Osha in the show. I think Old Nan was been written out by this point. Huh. Because maybe the elderly are hard to employ or something. This is when they should have written her out. Hmm? I could have won her an Emmy. Whoever played Dragons, Old Nan. Baby Dragons Yeah, boy. could you imagine? Be like, whoever played <laughs> Nan, and they like say her name, and then it cuts to that clip. It be Dragons Boy. It'd be a good one. Everybody claps. I mean, she nods. And... She was in the first season. She had a really good yeah. scene with Brand by his bedside, but I don't know. They... they I guess they cut her out for this for the next season. And she don't come back. Okay, finally, before we wrap up, really quick, some vocab stuff. Vocab. Okay, Castellan okay. is the governor of a castle. Okay. So the Starks are gone. They leave a Castellan in charge, who's some it. dude. And then a win, an abnormal growth or assist protruding from a surface, especially of the sin, the skin. Brand's guard had like a giant win on his nose. I was like, what the hell is a win? Less into that one than I was the first one, but. It's funny. I mean, I never heard that. Neither have I. You know, boil, pimple, scab, whatever. Sure. Win. Bring Mm -hmm. that back. Any other thoughts you have about this chapter, John? Brand one? No. It was just, it was trippy. I'm into the trippy fever dream chapters. Because we had the one, the Catlin one in the first book. I don't know why. It's a nice little, it's a nice little break. From the realities of the Game of Thrones. Well, next we're getting back to reality in a big way with the second Arya chapter in Clash of Kings. We will be reading that next Wednesday here at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Windscreen Facebook page and also the Windscreen YouTube page. Thanks for watching, everybody, across both mediums, and we will see you next Wednesday. Adios. Adios.